Good morning and welcome back to the Wizards and Pixie Dust podcast where we talk about all things Disney and Universal Orlando related. Today we are welcoming Emily Nugent with Life is Better Traveling. She is going to be stepping in as the new co-host of this podcast. Hey Emily. Hello, good morning. (laughs) It is officially April. Yes, April Fool's Day. Yes, yes, some fun stuff going on. I know the kids have a couple things up their sleeves, so. (laughs) I also divide. I don't know. The little one keeps telling me she can't wait to prank me, and I'm like, okay, is it the prank just keep telling me you're pranking me, or? (laughs) I know, right? You gotta be careful. Watch out for that saran wrap. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Too funny, too funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it is officially April. So April brings spring break time all over Orlando. Fun, right? Absolutely. Gotta love spring break. (laughs) (sighs) The crowds descend on Walt Disney World. Here we come. They do. It seems like, you know, you want to plan those trips for when your kids are out. um, And then the parks are just packed it is interesting how it goes from not having too much of a crowd till too early (laughs) to having large amounts of crowds so let's talk about today with the next couple of weeks well, actually, it probably already started, right? Because uh, some kids actually have spring break in March. So if you're going down the next week or two, these are some tips and tricks to kind of deal with the spring break crowds, right, Em? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know some. I have a friend who lives in Florida, and actually she works for Disney. Um, and I had saw that her kiddos were on spring break in March. So yeah, it's it's such a broad spectrum of dates um, for that spring break. But there's definitely some ways that you can kind of um, kind of plan your attack to, um, you know, get through the parks, do what you want to do and not have those crowds absolutely ruin your your trip. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> let's talk about some of these tips and tricks, because I think a lot of people you know, they get down there and they don't realize the mass amounts of crowds who are ascending onto Magic Kingdom every morning and, uh, you know, the afternoon of Epcot, uh, all of those fun things. So let's talk about some easy ones first. So obviously, if you're staying on property, you have those extra magic hours to take advantage of, right? Yeah. Especially those morning ones. So I really try. And um, I mean, if I have a client that obviously doesn't want to stay on property, I don't push it, but I do recommend it because you, you know, you have the, the, there's lots of perks for staying on property. One of the main big ones is you get into the park a half hour prior to regular guests. And if you are an early riser and if you're like my family, my husband's getting everybody up at the crack of dawn before the crack of dawn. Um, <laughs> to get there on time and, and, and to do what we want to do when we want to do it, um, you know, taking advantage of those early morning hours and, and being there and being ready to rope drop your ride that you want to, 
Um, and also some deluxe resorts offer the extra hours in the evenings at certain, um, certain parks. So when we were down there in January, yeah, we were down there in January, we were staying at the Polynesian and the extra magic hours. The one night was uh, Epcot, which was kind of okay. Wasn't the best. We did ride some things. And then the other one was Magic Kingdom, and we got to read like everything. It was oh wonderful. wow, nice. Um, but like that one's only for deluxe resort guests. But everybody staying on property gets into every park a half hour prior to opening. So use that, take advantage of that to kind of beat the crowds. Yeah, that's a really nice um, uh, thing to do. And and I like how like the buses start running about an hour prior to the extra magic hours. So that way people don't feel like they have to get on the bus like a half an hour beforehand, though people do rush to get on the bus a half an hour before the extra magic hours start. But um, those buses do start running quite early. So take advantage of that, too, you know, that they're running early. Yeah, uh, to drop you off as well. Absolutely. As early as you can get there, do it. Um, when we do rope drop. There, yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do it. I, I pack granola bars and I have my coffee and we sit there and wait and the kids sit on the floor and eat their breakfast and it just, you just enjoy the music and the fact that you're at Disney and not working. <laughs> In non gloomy Pittsburgh. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never seen a rope drop in Walt Disney World. I just, I just never have gotten there that early. I don't know. And then that time when our agency went down, we got there early. I thought we were getting there for rope drop. And like the park was already open and I'm like, okay, I'm totally missing what time rope drop is at. <laughs> <laughs> I think our next agency trip, we are going to introduce Mary to rope drop and I, I will record it. So I'll <laughs> see it. So we approve. I was amazed that we, I mean, we had gotten there super early that day. So I don't know what was going on, but we just, I don't know. We still missed rope drop. I think we were there at eight 30. I thought rope drop was at nine. I don't know. I oh, so crazy. So, um, all right. So getting there early and doing the extra magic hours, that's a good one. Staying late. Yeah. That's another good one because uh, everybody like uh, stands around for the shows mm-hmm. and the fireworks and everything. So as everybody goes to those areas for the viewing, that means the rides have thinned out. So definitely mm-hmm. you want to get on those rides during any time absolutely ride during parades ride during if 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 you're not there to see that you know if that's not you know your main thing um use that opportunity to ride um absolutely the, the other thing is um a lot of people leave right after fireworks so if you can, <laughs> the mass exodus um, <laughs> the so if your family is still good and still rocking and rolling um go ride more as long as you're in line for a ride before the park technically closes they'll let you ride it so um you know if you're not an early riser maybe staying late in the parks is the better um the better option for you 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and then as you know, you're in the parks and it's thinning out, there are some amazing nighttime pictures you can get <sighs> at these various parks um, with things lit up and everything like that. So keep that in mind for sure too. Um, you know, the rides and then the pictures as well. Absolutely. So, um, so we talked about the fireworks time frame too, but parades are another good time to sneak in some rides too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you're not, um, you know, crazy about having to see them, the parade runs twice a day, I believe. So you can always check, you know, grab one of them, and then the second one use to ride, or vice versa. But um, yeah, definitely, because that is pulling a ton of people, ton of people away yeah. from the attraction. <clears throat> I know uh, we always used to go into um, Frontierland and do like Splash Mountain and all of those and everything. So um, that was always a good time when the parades were going on, because if you got to the other side before the parade started. (laughs) Before they closed it off. Yeah, you were golden to be able to ride Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain together mm-hmm. within an hour time frame, which is absolutely unheard of. Right. Yeah. And then they have that little play area for the kids. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, that little play area underneath um, Splash Mountain. That oh yeah, that's right. They do. They kind of take your kids while you're waiting there. If you're stuck there, go play, <laughs> let them run around. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, and big Thunder Mountains, like, I mean, oh, it is a roller coaster, but it's really not a roller coaster. <laughs> it's so much fun. Little accelerated treat. <laughs> it ain't no Velocicoaster. <laughs> no way. Which is, oh, that ride is so good. Although it did mess up my equilibrium a little bit, but it was good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so parades are another good one. And then let's see. Oh, this was a, this was your interesting tip. Tell them about your, uh, if you should go right or if you should go left. Oh, yes. So, um, and this, this tip has been out. So you may, you may have heard it before, but, um, like the majority of the world is right-handed. Um, very few, few are left-handed. My husband being one of them. Um, so, (laughs) naturally uh, us, us that are right-handed, we want to go to the right, right? We drive on the right side of the road, right-handed. If you enter a door, you usually go in the right-hand side, right? Everything kind of in our brain is, is geared to kind of go towards the right. So when a park opens, um, the crowd usually like it, for instance, in me in Disney, in magic kingdom, you know, though everybody walks down main street because you have to, and then once you get to the hub, a lot of people will gear towards the right and they'll go towards Tomorrowland or um, Fantasyland. However, if you really kind of want to beat those crowds some, go to the left, go first to Adventureland and then Frontierland and kind of work your way around the back end of the hub. Um, that's that's just a little tip. It's been around for a while um, but you know, it, it's useful. Same thing at Epcot with world showcase. A lot of people go to the right. So a lot of people do Canada first. Um, whereas if you go to the left, you can kind of hit Mexico first. I haven't noticed the crowd difference difference, you know, between the two going that way at Epcot, yeah. but you could always try it. Go left. I feel like, uh, everybody goes left though at Epcot because of Norway. 
True, true. Right? Yes. Like yeah. uh, people just okay. are like looking at the map and they're like, oh, I got to get on the Anna and Elsa ride, like frozen and never after. And that is true. Yeah. Or they're <laughs> eating um, breakfast over there or lunch over there kind of thing. So I feel like a lot of people always go left in Epcot. So um, yeah. I'll have to you- pay attention to that next time I'm there. Yeah. The crowds level. Maybe I'll just sit there with coffee and like watch it. <laughs> I love, I don't know about you, but I love just like sitting there. Like people are, people often ask me when we go down, are you going to ride a lot? Are you excited to do this? Excited to do that? I said, I'm excited to just sit down at Disney with a drink and just people watch, like just calm, decompress, listen to the Disney music, breathe the Disney air. <laughs> <laughs> be happy I'm there <laughs> uh, it's always funny because you can tell like the first timers right you know like they're um, arguing about which way to go because this is like how they're going to get everything in because this is like the one time trip that they're ever going to come here and I'm like always like yeah okay <laughs> and then there's me plopped on a bench you'll be back <laughs> I know it's just funny for sure um so possibly go left when you get in, um, you know, but it's so funny. Like when you come down main street, like main street itself is so crowded because there's so many photographers along the street to try and get that iconic picture of you and your family with the castle in the background. Right. So like the streets just so crowded that like, I've never really even noticed like people going right or left because the whole area is just condensed with like so many people and it, I just feel like people just keep going forward because they want that then they want to get the picture with uh Walt and Mickey with the castle and yeah so partner statue yep yeah so it's just like super crazy when you're coming down Main Street now if we did rope drop maybe that'd be a whole other story because then maybe people who have been there multiple times just keep going and then it'll be interesting to see which way they go for sure yeah, and you can also use it on rides because there are some rides, um, like for example, the um, Big Thunder Mountain, that it splits you at one point and you go either way. Um, and in that instance, maybe go to the left. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean does that. Maybe go to the left. Yeah, so, you know, there's there's all different um, different rides. Disney kind of splits you on. Um, I don't know. It's just a interesting. So go to the left, people. Go to the left. <laughs> maybe if i say it enough times it'll like plant a little seed um <laughs> i know <rib> draw. <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay so another uh this this i know a lot of our, our listeners are going to be like what but um another great way to guarantee that you pretty much have a fast pass for every single ride during that day is to do a vip tour <laughs> Yeah, I know. If you're sitting in your car and you're like, "What?" <laughs> I know, right? Who has the money for them? But it's oh all my good. goodness, it's all good. So, uh, if you're a first time listener or you've never been to Disney World or you have been to Disney World and you don't know what a VIP tour is, so they have VIP tours and they only have so many per day. They have specific cast members who are groomed to be VIP tour castmate campus members. Um, And most people think that these VIP tours are just uh, earmarked for celebrities and very wealthy people. The truth is you see 
celebrities and very wealthy people taking advantage of them. However, VIP tours are actually open to the general public to book. And um, you do have to book a certain minimum number of hours per day in whatever park you're doing the VIP tour. Each park has their own VIP tour. Um, And it pretty much is you plan your day with the concierge department of what you want to do, what you want to see. They guarantee you get like you go through the what used to be the fast pass lane. Now the lightning lanes, you go on those, you go right onto the rides with them. Um, So it's a great way to guarantee that you get on everything that you want to get on for sure. Um, They take you around and give you tips and tricks and stuff like that too. So that's kind of neat. Um, if you're not a celebrity, it makes you feel like a celebrity for the day. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's when people like look at you like, who is that? Do I know that person? What show were they on? <laughs> no, every time I'm in like uh, Magic Kingdom and I see like somebody doing a VIP tour, I'm like, hmm, who's that? Are they a celebrity? And then I'm like, oh I have God. no idea who that is. <laughs> yeah. One of the times we were there, a Kardashian was there. I want to say it was Courtney Kardashian. I'm not a huge fan of the Kardashians. But like people were like crazy about it. And I'm like, um, I just want to go ride. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, who's here today? Like, you know, let, let me go ride. <laughs> you can go chase the Kardashian. I'm gonna go ride. <laughs> Most people uh who have a VIP tour, like people are left alone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think everybody has the common goal of going on these things. Uh, we were there one time and there was like a famous football player and Josh knew who it was. I had no idea who it was. And he's like, Oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah. He's retired though. And blah, blah, blah. And like nobody bothered him, which was nice. But um, so VIP tours though are a really good way right now for spring break to guarantee. Now, uh, again, they only allow so many VIP tours per day per park. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it's something you're interested in, you have to book it in advance for sure. Um, if they don't have availability, you get waitlisted. Um, so <clears throat> one of my agency owner friends <laughs> was telling me, shout out to Carol. Um, but anyway, she was telling me that she has a client who wanted VIP tours in, I think, three of the four parks. And uh, they could only guarantee one of the parks. So they waitlisted her for the other two parks. And they said, we will call you from this exact number. If you don't answer, we go to the next number. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be like the time like I'm in the bathroom, right? Yeah. Stress. <laughs> don't touch my phone. Oh, oh yeah. My so, uh, but they do tell you, we will call you from this exact number. So if you are waitlisted, make sure to have that cell phone on you. Uh, never on mute for sure. And yes. if that phone number pops up, you better answer. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's um, too funny. Yeah. VIP tours, for those of you who are listening and might be interested, range anywhere from $400 an hour up to $900 an hour. And you are expected to do a minimum of so many hours. I don't know if it's five or seven or whatever. Um, So keep that in mind. It could cost you an extra couple uh, thousand dollars for the day and does not include park admission with the VIP tours. So that would be on top of park admission for the day. Yeah, I think it does it include a meal. Does it include a quick service? I don't know. I, don't I know that the um, 
one of the tours, the keys is the keys to the kingdom, I think includes a quick service. Um, the, the other thing that you can do for it is, is split it. So if you have like a group of people that want to do it, you know, split that cost and it could be a little bit less, but yeah, they're, they're not cheap, but you'll get to do what you want to do. Exactly. So it's nice to have your own little private guide to take you around. And then you also, I think, uh, go into secret areas like for breaks and stuff like that too. Yeah. yeah. Which is quite nice. So, okay. So if you can't afford a VIP tour, uh, you definitely can afford Genie Plus. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. You may not want to spend the money on Genie Plus after having had fast passes for free for so many years. However, Genie Plus is another great option to really get around the parks for the day. It is. And I, it's, it's a way to get you on what you want to ride. You know, I always kind of tell my clients, pick your big rides that you want to do in each park. And those are the ones that you want to, um, if the client has purchased Genie Plus or plans to, uh, that's where you want to, you know, put your emphasis towards when it comes to Genie Plus and make sure that you go back and listen to our our Genie Plus podcasts where we talk about, you know, the tips and tricks and stuff with it, because it definitely like is like a like master's degree figuring out Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how many clients have texted me and they're like, I don't understand. I'm pretty tech savvy, but I don't understand how Genie, the Genie yes. tip board works and this and that. And and the tip board, like, so the tip board where it's going to tell you like, oh, we recommend you go do this now. Or we, I have seen so many people where they're like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I don't even know if I would go by that. I, I would use it more for the lightning lane aspect than the actual tip board aspect. My goal when we go is like, we get on what we get on and we're happy because we got on something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So if you have a goal of getting on certain things while you are down there, then I would definitely recommend Genie Plus because that would allow you to get those lighting lanes for those rides that you want to get on. Um, just keep in mind, though, again, you know, if you're not uh, staying on property or doing the stacking, um, a lot of other people will be using Genie Plus. So those really hot ticketed rides are going to go quickly, too. So, yeah, it's just another perk to staying on property. You know, you get those early hours, you get early access to Genie Plus um, to, to book your lightning lanes. So, I, you know, once again, I'm a big, <laughs> big one for staying on property. <laughs> but that's me. I know you, Mary. Mary would rather stay at Universal and like Uber to Disney. That's you. I do. Well, you know, we did that the last time we stayed over at Universal and then we rented a car and we parked at the parking areas, which honestly, um, we did not get to any of the parks super early. So if you're not staying on property and it's spring break time, um, we did go over Martin Luther King Jr. Day weekend, which was a crowded weekend. You know, it's a holiday weekend. So it's always crowded on a holiday weekend. Um, We did not get to the parks early, but we paid for preferred parking. So if um, you don't plan on getting there at rope drop or during, you know, when it first opens and stuff like that, I would recommend preferred parking because it really does put you very close 
to yeah. the front of the parks. So that way you're not having to wait for a tram or having to walk and all of those kinds of things. But I will tell you this, like it didn't even seem that the parking lots were crowded at all. Like years ago, they used to be super crowded. Like people would be coming and I thought, well, you know, there are a lot of people who live in Florida who have annual passes and come on a daily basis. Um, and we were even there during the whole figment popcorn container debacle. <laughs> Uh, you know, Epcot wasn't even crowded and we saw people coming out with like eight figment popcorn things around them. So like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they played for preferred parking because they were going to get their money back for sure by selling those things yeah. on eBay. But um, yeah, so if you're not staying on property and you can't take advantage of those magic hours and you want to get there when it opens, then I would recommend preferred parking because that'll really help. Um get you now keep in mind for magic kingdom though um your preferred parking doesn't get you close to the parks like it does with the other three parks but it does get you close to the transportation center yeah right yeah which is fine however everybody wants to ride the monorail and so the monorail line ends up being ridiculously long i take the ferry yeah we took the ferry over and it was like I like the ferry. I, th- I think it's a nice little relaxing ride. It was like five minutes. I mean, it was, that thing long. moves. <laughs> yeah, when we stay at the Poly- yeah, when we stay at the Polynesian because we're DVC and our DVC building is right next to like there's an extra there's like a path walkway. Yeah, CTC. So we like it's t- literally two seconds to get over there. Um, yeah. It's just wonderful. We take the ferry and it's. Yeah, I mean, I liked the ferry a lot. So um, I felt like, I honestly felt almost like maybe the ferry is actually faster than the monorail because if you get on the monorail, you still have to stop at Polynesian and Grand Floridian, correct? Yeah, yeah I think it is faster. So, so here's the thing though, like not to go off on a tangent and I do want to finish up this great talk about spring break crowds, but if you're jamming people on the monorail at transportation center, and then it stops at Polynesian, do those resort guests get on? (laughs) It's like, it must be like, like, honestly, if you're, yeah. So if you're staying at the Polynesian grand Floridian, if you're just walk to magic kingdom, just walk. Um, contemporary will just walk. If you're a oh, Polynesian, yeah. I would recommend taking the ferry. The ferry. Um, because, and if you want to take, if you really want to take the monorail, if that's like what you want to do, I would walk over to the TTC and get on the monorail there. Yeah, to guarantee that you're on. Yeah. Or ride it at like 2 p.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you don't do it in like peak hours, you're fine, but. Um, even getting to Epcot, walk over to the TTC. Don't take the bus, walk over to the TTC. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The monorail to Epcot was like empty. Noises. <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. Anybody wants to ride the monorail to Epcot, huh? Nope. So. Only you, Mary. Uh, I did. I love riding the monorail. I love hearing the, you know, por favor, you know, that's a whole thing, which I've seen people have on their t-shirts and stuff, which is funny, but um, I'm also good if I don't ride the monorail because it's hot in there. Sometimes it's stinky. You never know if it's going to stop. 
It has like a permanent stench to it, I think. It's like in like in the walls. Yeah. So I'm good with that. All right, guys. So these are our tips and tricks to get around uh, the spring break crowds. So hopefully this will help you guys. If you need any help planning, make sure to um, reach out to any of the Life is Better Traveling travel agents. We have several agents who specialize in Disney vacations and universal vacations, including Emily, who specializes in those. So feel free to reach out to one of us. And also make sure to head over to wizardsandpixiedust.com and check out our previous podcast podcasts including the genie ones that miss emily talked about earlier and check us out on facebook and instagram at wizards and pixie dust dot wizards and pixie dust (laughs) i need more coffee (laughs) (laughs) yes there'll be more tips and tricks there too happy april to everybody and we will talk with you next time bye everyone